Sally is with us today and if you're thinking of going to New Zealand, making the most of the travel bubble, you might want to know where to go that's a little bit out of the way, a little bit different, so there won't be Aussies there. Avoid the Aussies in New Zealand. We'll also go to another island, heading east a little bit, and that will be Norfolk Island. And to NURFM, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas Always a delight to go to parts of the world and, of course, there's plenty of good parts of the world near us at the moment. There is, and I mean, I know we've got a little short block out at the moment with New Zealand, but let's hope it's still only going to be the 48 hours. But So we're still thinking of New Zealand as well as within our own country. And there was just a little article recently in one of the travel supplements saying how we can dodge the Aussies in New Zealand. And I thought that was quite an interesting article. And it's mainly saying to explore destinations in New Zealand that aren't always on the regular tourist maps or trails. So I just thought we'd talk about one of them today. And it's the Great Barrier Island, which is in the Hauraki Gulf. And it was called that, was named that by Captain Cook. Its proper name is Aotea. And it was the barrier between the the, the, the wild ocean, if you like, and the harbour. So they considered that it's a very important island uh, because it does stop a lot of the bad weather coming down into the Hauraki Gulf. And it's the six. That's where Auckland is. Yes, it it is. Yeah, so it's the the major city of the North Island. It's about a four and a half hour ferry ride or a 30 minute flight to get there. And they work completely off the grid there. Everything's a solar or whatever, you know, everything's produced. It's all very natural. A small population of just under a thousand thousand people. As I said, it's the sixth largest island in New Zealand as well. So, yes, and it's one of, it's the only island that's been given the um that of that lovely great dark sky um title because they get out there they've got like Lord Howe sounds very similar to me in some respects there's no street lights there's it's mountainous you've got lots of lovely walks you can do people go there for the walks the kayaking the fishing the surfing and of course you've got this wonderful night sky so you've got that as well it and sounds as though you have to take your torch though <laughs> you do they do recommend you take your torch um, you can hire a car but there are shuttle and transfer companies throughout the island but you rent a car car or van. You can uh, uh, rent an electric motorbike as well. Um, you can pre-book your transport, of course. Um, you've got anything from tent sites to luxury eco lodges. Eco lodges sorry. Um, more than 60% of the island's um, 285 square kilometres is public land. Um, so it's got the native forest, it's got natural hot springs, a historic dam called the Kauri Dam, and it's also got several unique and bird species. It rises about 627 metres above the sea. And here, it, I'm probably not going to have the correct Maori pronunciation for this, but Hirakimata, or Mount Hobson, um, says it beckons the hiker with the promise of incredible 360-degree views. So it's very much an artisan community. It's got a gin distillery and I believe a vineyard, I think, as well, and a lot of artists on the island as well and people producing natural things and they live as a very sustainable community. So it would be something really lovely to do if you're going to New Zealand that's, yeah, a little bit off the tourist trail. And probably easy to get to from Auckland. Yes, well, they run regular services, as I said, four-and-a-half-hour ferries from Auckland or a 30-minute flight. So that's the way you can get there. So, yes, so New Zealand is still on our agenda. We've just got this little hiccup at the moment, which I'm sure we'll get over fairly quickly. Um, But there are lots of other places in New Zealand, of course, other than the Great Barrier Island, where you could step off 
the tourist trail a little bit and do something different. And we might explore some of those in future, in future we, weeks. Yeah, we will. We will. I've got a little pocket full of them that we can have a look at. <laughs> we are talking travel with Sally Lucas today and Norfolk Island, it's about as far as we can possibly go from Australia at the moment, isn't it? Well, yes, we could think of it as an overseas destination, couldn't we? Well, you have to go overseas to get there. You certainly do. <laughs> as you do to Carrington. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't thought of it like that way, Jane, but yes, you do. And Lord Howe and Tasmania and, yes, there are quite a few. Like Kangaroo Island, we could go on. <laughs> Let's go to Norfolk <laughs> But we won't. <laughs> um, one thing you should see there, Jane, which is quite exceptional, is the Norfolk Cyclorama. And it's um, a wonderful story that it's a 360-degree painting. It's, it's a beautifully done painting. And, of course, it's in this round circular building of course and it really does bring to life the whole history of Norfolk Island from its beginnings when um, Queen Victoria let the mutineer descendants leave Pitcairn Island because I think there was not enough food or something for them there anymore and they were then come on over to to Norfolk Island so you've got a lot of history on Norfolk too don't forget a a lot of history and of course you've got um, it's a, a wonderful island in the, the cows, we've talked about this before, how cows have, you know, right of way, and they just roam over the whole island. And the, the island is just so lush and green. It's a, it's a pretty island. It's a beautiful island. And, and lots of Norfolk Island pines. <laughs> of course, there are. There are indeed. So the, you've got lots of hysterical, hysterical, historical sites there with, um, of course, the UNESCO World Heritage Convict Site. And really, it, the, it's amazing. I mean, it would probably rival, you know, Tasmania, I suppose, with Port Arthur, but it's, it's relatively intact, a lot of it. And it, you can do some wonderful uh, tours there. And they've got a, the 1829 Georgian Mansion there opens to the public and visitors on select days. So make sure you check all these things when you get there, because sometimes these houses and uh, museums aren't open daily. And if you're, you're going there for that purpose, you know, to establish and contact the history of the place you really need to make sure that you check that before you go so that you're there on the right days um and and unlike lord howe it's a little bit different to lord howe it's bigger than lord howe of course and you don't have a lot of luxury accommodation on the island but you've still got a wide range of all sorts of accommodation on the island there's one luxury house there now i think called king tide house but there's still some nice three four star accommodation as well as the more basic and also if you're interested in colin McCulloch, of course, the famous author of the original Thornbirds, etc. She spent nearly four decades on, on Norfolk Island and her property now called Out Yenna is open to the public as well. Again, I don't think that's daily either, so just keep that in mind. But she, everything's been left as it was on her death in 2015 and yeah, lots of artefacts. She had an eccentric collection of priceless artworks and all sorts of things there, so that's worthwhile going to as well. Um, you need a car, but you will find with... Most of the accommodation packages, they do provide a car as part of the deal. You get a car rental for the seven days if you're there for seven days. And usually they throw in a couple of half-day things as well. It might be a, an evening tour or it might be a, a museum admission. So really, Norfolk, it's it's quite good like that, that they provide quite a lot of inclusions when you do book a, book a holiday to Norfolk Island as well. Um, there's also a cheesemaker on the island at the Hilly Goat Farm, which I've been to. And um, Hilly is an island word meaning lazy or lethargic. So it's H-I-L-L-I and it's an artisan goats farm Um, and they also do a house cheese there as well and they have, um, you can 
um, you eat on the veranda of the homestead there, which is really lots of most beautiful views, and whatever's fresh produce directly from the farm or the ocean is, is what you get. So uh, one more thing too, flights to Norfolk were operated originally by Air New Zealand but are now operated by Qantas on selected weekdays from Sydney and Brisbane. They do prefer you to have a passport and you've also got a complete Norfolk Island's COVID-19 essentials before you uh, arrive. Um, you can get, if you don't have a passport though, you can get a Norfolk Island sort of document of identity situation if you're a person that doesn't hold a passport or doesn't wish to get another passport. So would you get that from Australia? Yes, you yeah. get that here before, before you, you go, go again. Okay, so yes. again it's from Department of Immigration y- yes. or whoever Yes, if you go onto a Norfolk things. Island website, you'll right. find on Norfolk Island Tourism, you'll get the links there as to what you have to do. To a new RFM we're talking travel. Sally Lucas, time to look at what's in the Hot Deals Department at the moment uh, in the travel Yeah, well, there's, there's all sorts of things coming out of the Pandora's box lately, Jane. We're getting some really interesting offers and one of the um, companies that normally operated overseas into Africa is operating, obviously, tours now within Australia. And one of the ones I looked through, and I could have talked, and I can continue again, I can add it to my little pocket again, but there's a whole range of interesting tours they're doing. And this one I thought was particularly interesting because everyone keeps who's been doing a self-drive holiday keeps posting photos of these wonderful silos that have been painted. And it's really remarkable when you look at them and, and the actual quality of the artwork on these silos. But like one of them, for example, and I was reading here that the, the Baraba um, silo uh, committee or something, whatever you want to call it, they actually got proposals in for, from artists. So there was 25, 14 were received, and they had to, then they narrowed it down as to who should paint, you know, the silo that was uh, Dorothea McKellar uh, from my country, and she's been immortalised on a 29-metre-high silo in the Maze Mill in Gunnedah. So this is visiting um, six different silos throughout New South Wales and you go to Merriwall, Tamworth, of course Dunedoo, Dubbo, you do the zoo there, you go to parks, you go to the Elvis Museum, there's heaps of inclusions a parks, Grenfell, Bathurst um, yeah you pop into the Blue Mountains on the way back into Sydney a lot of meals are included, just about everything it's just a 14 passenger you know, small departure so it would be a lovely way of travelling um, and you're getting you know, breakfast every day and you're getting lunch, some lunches and some dinners so there's not many extra meals to pay for and that starts from under 3000 per person. They're also doing another one to Litchfield. Uh, that was six days. Sorry, I don't know whether I said that. Um, this is a seven-day Darwin back to Darwin, if you're interested in doing that. Of course, a lot of people don't like hiring cars because, number one, at the moment, they're fairly expensive because there's not a plethora of them around. Um, they haven't sort of increased their fleet due to COVID, so they are hard to obtain sometimes. But also, you're missing out on the history, whereas you go on a small group tour, you're going to get all that knowledge and all that history and just still be only with a small amount of people, not a large tour group. So I think it's a really good way of doing it. This is doing uh, Darwin, Litchfield, Kakadu National Park. Of course, you go onto Yellow Waters and do the cruise there and you get down into Catherine Gorge as well. As we all know, that's just a beautiful part of the world. So that's in September this year, seven days escorted, again with massive inclusions in it as well. And it's also around that $3,000 mark as well. But while we're talking NZ, Jane, and I'll have to go and talk further about this as well, but um, Wild Earth 
traveller introducing cycling tours uh, to some of the most magnificent regions of the New Zealand South Island. Some really interesting itineraries they're doing through the South. So anyone's into their bikes, um, there's multiple departures year-round out of Christchurch, uh, doing the Mackenzie Country, Lake Tekapo, Lake Pukaki, the Waitaki Valley, uh, Vineyards, uh, the historic port town of Omaru. Um, another one's doing Queenstown and the Otago Central Trail as well, which is wonderful. Another one's doing the trails of the early gold rush miners throughout the, the west, the rugged west coast of New Zealand. That might be a hard one, I think, <laughs> on a bike. Um, and there's another one, of course, called Cycle the Alps to the Ocean. And, um, of course, you're doing the Otago Trail and the West Coast Wind uh, Trail as well, um, going to Otago Wineries, Lake Matheson, uh, Omaru again, Mount Cook. Look, it just looks fantastic. So there's a range of departures on those for cycling tours. And within Australia, South Australia touring, there's some lovely tours at the moment too, doing Wilpina Pound and Coobapedi, a a five-day, four-night tour out of Adelaide, uh, which is lovely. And they're also including a two-night stay in Coobapedi and a Lake Eyre scenic flight over Lake Eyre as well in the hope that the water will be down by then. And they've got reductions on these at the moment of um, $600 per couple. And there's another one that does Wilpina Pound, Coobapedi and Uluru. It's a seven-day trip as well. And again, you're doing that wonderful um, Katajuta, of course, as well in Uluru. So these are some lovely itineraries, but there's a lot more coming out at the moment. And there's a lot coming up by private jet if people haven't got the time or they're not into the, you know, the extended touring, but they want to visit the sites. You can do Queensland and Outback Tropics by private jet. Fantastic. They've got a range of dates. It's a nine-day itinerary from June through to September this year and you're going from Sydney to Longreach to Winton, Mount Isa, Thursday Island, Horn Island, Cape York, Cairns, Port Douglas, Hamilton Island, back to Sydney, all mm, by private jet. Far-reaching. So, you know, and, and there's no more expensive than if you were to do your, might have been doing an overseas trip. So instead of that, you're doing something wonderful in our own country. But there's a whole range of those that we can talk further about in in the distant future as well. There's quite a lot coming up, Jane. So nothing, nothing short in our back pocket to look for. We've got plenty at the moment. <laughs> Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. We'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.